0: Hi, I'm Nick Horrocks from X.0 Advisory, and welcome to My Digital Journey, a series of podcasts about how technology continues to influence, challenge, and disrupt business. We'll hear from entrepreneurs creating online platforms, right through to adventurers using social media to develop their own personal brand. We'll also hear from people in more traditional industries about how digital is disrupting their prevailing business models and how they are looking to address these challenges. These podcasts aim to highlight the issues faced by businesses and entrepreneurs in the modern digital environment. What made them successful? What mistakes they made? How they look to the future and how they financed those ambitions. Coming up in this episode.
1: Hi, I'm Jason Spencer, Business Development Director at ITV and this is my digital journey. What we need to offer advertisers is more than TV. We are no longer just a linear schedule broadcast of programming with spot advertising around it. It's recognising how we can transform businesses in lots of different ways.
0: Jason Spencer, thank you very much indeed for agreeing to share your digital journey. You obviously work for ITV. It'd be really interesting if you just give a little bit about your role and your background. My role at ITV,
1: I'm business development director, so I am uh, responsible for all of our advertising revenue in all its various forms uh, outside of London. We've got nine commercial teams and we work with a blend of media agencies, advertisers direct, but also increasingly in the private equity and corporate finance field as well. Um, And our job is to help brands grow, to help them see the power of television as part of a multi-channel approach. Prior to ITV, and I've been here about eight years, I worked in the media agency side advising advertisers on how to spend their money on advertising across London and Manchester, which I did for about 12 years.
0: I think what you've almost touched upon straight away there is that actually TV is part of uh, a larger, in many cases, digital strategy. To what extent is TV now part of that strategy and to what extent is TV digital per se?
1: Well, let's take each of those in in turn. So in terms of uh, there's a lot of challenge around the use of language, I think, and semantics in the world of television. The definition of what TV is, is evolving. Is it the thing that's delivered in a linear scheduled way through that screen in the corner of the living room? Or is it uh, increasingly delivered across multiple platforms, both in terms of Simulcast Live and Catch-Up? also is tv digital well we had digital switchover uh, in the not too distant past as you'll remember as we turned off all the analog signals so there is a case for saying all tv is digital but i think if we look at the way in which it's delivered we have both a linear schedule that's delivered as broadcast tv alongside uh, our catch-up and simulcast live version on the itv hub and then i think To see where that sits in the mix, I think we have uh, seen a massive change over the last decade whereby we are competing not just with, uh, and if we think about uh, a blend uh, firstly between up and coming brands at one end of the scale, so scale up businesses and then established uh, mature brands and categories. For those uh, uh, businesses across the piece, we uh, see a number of challenges from from all media, but particularly the growth of search and social. Uh, and there are a number of mitigating factors, but I think what we are clear on is that uh, it's not either or, it's it's a matter of both. It's seeing how all of these things together help to drive growth for brands and
0: business. You are part of a wider digital strategy, or TV forms part of a wider digital strategy. How have the viewing habits then changed of your, your viewers, your customers, however you want to view them? Um,
1: well, if we start off by looking at TV as a whole over the last decade, and if you were to to draw a graph, and this will change um, audience demographic by audience demographic, although some of this is driven by when you do cohort analysis and you look at life stage. So a 25-year-old with no children in household has very different media habits from a 25-year-old with children in household. But if you looked at that over time... Total viewing of TV in all all of its forms, and I would include subscription VOD within that, actually is growing. What we are seeing is greater fragmentation. So what 10 years ago was over four hours of live uh, and uh, catch-up viewing per day, per household, is now more in the realm of three and a half hours. Uh, So that's a blend of live and catch-up. But supplementing that is looking at viewing on subscription VOD platforms, which kind of takes that uh, significantly higher. Um, We are, you know, if we look at how the UK compares uh, with other countries around the world, other countries have different ecosystems uh, which dictate how that switchover is happening and the rate of that. From ITV's point of view, uh, we we try to make programmes, we invest in programmes, which first and foremost, people want to watch when they are broadcast. That is our priority. The way that we can measure and monetise that is supported by that model and over 80% of all viewing is live. Now, that will differ by genre and by the type of programme. Um, uh, so things like sports, uh, live entertainment, news tends to be watched live, whereas drama tends to skew more towards uh, catch up. Um, so we do that first and foremost. But then beyond that, it's about understanding for different audiences. How do we get them to view that content, whether it be live or catch up and how do we measure and monetize it? So it is changing, but it's about us making content that first and
0: foremost, people want to watch. Clearly, you're in a massively fast-moving industry. How's the strategy of ITV as a, as a business changed then since, since you've been here?
1: Well, I think if, if you go back um, 10 years to, to when Adam Crozier joined, ITV as a business was incredibly reliant on advertising revenue. And when you have an advertising downturn, uh, which uh, generally, uh, history shows us, has led to a reduction in, in overall advertising investment, it left us exposed. Adam came in and put in place a a transformation plan which, over the course of his, uh, I think, seven or eight years at ITV, led to us acquiring production companies both in the UK as well as internationally. And that transformed ITV's business in terms of our revenue stream. uh, So that in very, very simple terms, we got to a stage where around about half of our uh, revenue, not profit, half our revenue came from something other than advertising. Uh, primarily production and half of that outside the UK. So we're now the fifth biggest uh, producer globally and I think probably the biggest single integrated producer broadcaster that there is uh, around the world in the commercial space. Carolyn McCall uh, joined around about 18 months ago and uh, we announced a strategy off the back of a a review of that uh, towards uh, the end of last year, uh, which was very much about transforming us again. Uh, to overcome the challenges within market, but also grasp the opportunities there. So that's very much about the role ITV can play both for viewers as well as advertisers and about recognising that ITV creates more than TV. It entertains millions, grows brands and shapes culture. And first and foremost, we're a creative organisation. We spend over a billion pounds on commissioned content within the UK Mainly for ITV, but also for other broadcasters. Uh, but we also a big producer around the world, as I said. And the cultural resonance that many of those programmes can have, either reflecting what's uh, happening in the world or helping to shape it, is hugely important. Um, so a number of issues. Uh, uh, that there have been across our news agenda, but right through to the impact that, say, Love Island had uh, last summer, dare I say it. Um, I think from an advertising point of view, it's about recognising that what we need to offer advertisers is more than TV. We are no longer just a linear scheduled broadcast of programming with spot advertising around it. It's recognising how we can transform businesses in lots of different ways. And I think we also have to think about this from a viewer's point of view as well. So if you think about our strategy, it has three prongs. We're looking at strengthening that integrated producer broadcaster part, which is very much about saying, well, if we're going to grow our business, we need to uh, look to attract more light viewers to increase the overall Viewing that we have on ITV, but not just amongst our heaviest viewers, we need to invest in the ITV hub and, and more on that in a second. Uh, but we also need to look at ways in which we can work more closely with with brands we 've got that investment in production in the u k and internationally we are still on the lookout for how we can continue to grow that but the the third area is about uh, creating a direct consumer division, and that uh, has as its linchpin our subscription VOD platform, which we'll launch later this year, Britbox, which is a, a joint venture with the BBC. And it's very much about recognising that viewers spend a lot of time watching TV and they are happy to spend money on subscriptions ...for great content, whether it be Netflix, Amazon, Spotify, Now TV, Sky. So we believe from the research we've done with Deloitte... ...that there is a gap in the market for uh, another subscription VOD provider... ...and to offer a best of British approach. There are still a huge number of households who don't have... ...any of those different subscriptions that I said. But for the right price point... As we've seen when we launched it in America and Canada, we think there's a big opportunity. So if you think about all of those different areas, we're investing hugely in digital. And the scale of the hub now with
0: 28 million registered users gives us huge potential for what we do next there. Fantastic. So in terms of the ITV hub, what is that? What's been the genesis of that? And where's where's that going to take ITV? Well, if you remember back, uh, ITV Player,
1: back in the day, um, uh, which was probably a a kind of early iteration of that. Uh, didn't have a particularly great reputation in terms of great user experience, but I think we also have to recognise within this that our investment was not as much in that area back at that stage in, in ITV's history. I think sometimes it's interesting in categories, there there is a real first mover advantage. The first person to something ends up stealing market share and often doesn't let go of it. I think actually we have... Uh, for And this might be massive post-rationalisation, but we have looked and seen what our competitors have done. We have seen what's happened in the market, and that has led us to where we are now with ITV Hub. So in terms of what ITV Hub represents within ITV, well, um, we see that as our biggest growth driver. So in our latest uh, figures we've just announced, we see our, uh, whilst TV viewing is broadly flat to slightly down. If you look at uh, linear and catch up through PVRs, we are growing our share of commercial impacts within that by 4% year to date. If you look at the ITV hub year to date, viewing hours are up 16%. So it's in double digit growth. And we saw significant growth last year as well, primarily driven off of some key hits like Love Island. In terms of what that represents now, well, it's still under 10% of viewing Still under 10% of revenue, but has huge potential to grow. And with 28 million registered users and our recent investment in a UK license for Mobi, I think the ability to create a frictionless experience for advertisers has huge potential in terms of that growth as well.
0: So what does success look like for the ITV hub? Well, I I think it's really
1: difficult to predict the future. I mean, I think if we were having this conversation three or four years ago and you'd said, well, the hub's going to have 28 million registered users, there'll be the odd programme where uh, the simulcast viewing on the hub is in the millions, as we had last year for things such as World Cup matches and Love Island, you know, people would have laughed. At us. So I think it's really difficult to say where we're going to be exactly in a year, two, three years. What you have to do is prepare for that now and invest now. Uh, the ambition really is to, uh, as with any business, you look at the uh, profile of your users. So we've got 28 million registered users and they split into heavy users of the hub. To light users. How do we convert more of those light users into using the hub more regularly? For us, it's, it's much easier to measure and monetize that. So we would much rather people, rather than using PVRs, will use uh, the hub. I think we still have a challenge there in that um, through Sky and Virgin households, that's not something through the nature of their technology that we can sell advertising into or measure. So there's a big opportunity there. And I think with the deal with the Mobi, which will enable more of a programmatic approach for advertisers, is the ability to massively scale up uh, a kind of end-to-end solution, so that we can compete more effectively in that space. Um, and and in terms of what the scale of the potential revenue and, uh, and viewing that we will see, if you if you look at ITV's profile in three years' time, well, I think we are we are not committing ourselves to numbers.
0: We are we are sort of keeping an open watching brief on that. And you mentioned programmatic. Is that is that going to be the future that do you think for ITV?
1: Well, I, th- I think I think you have to uh, if you've read anything about the, d- the deal that we struck recently, I, I think you have to firstly define what programmatic is, because it's one of those words that gets banded around in the media. Well, it does.
0: And I suppose it'd be really interesting to hear your definition of it, actually.
1: Programmatic ultimately is about an automated buy and sell. Um, it sprung up. Uh, through a lot of digital inventory, not just video, that was remnant inventory that was struggling to be sold. So it created a much more frictionless end-to-end opportunity there. It equally has uh, operated in many instances to date through a real-time bidding system. But it also relies on uh, essentially the automation, relying on one side with a demand side platform, advertisers who want to invest, and on the other side, a supply side platform. So inventory that is available to be bought and the data that sits within the middle there in a kind of data management uh, space so that understand the profile of those users combined with the profile of the people that you might want to reach can be married together and the ad server delivers that now many of those things are what we will be able to deliver six to 12 months down the the line when uh, our Amobi um, license and the way that we can deliver that comes to market I think real time bidding is something that we we are given the nature of premium content is something we're not, not looking at in any um, particular way at the moment. But I think everything else offering that total control to advertisers and agencies is absolutely something we want to get to. And I think making that process easier, making it easier for people to be able to target the people they want. And in many ways, this is about us offering the best of both worlds. If we think about where. We have been as a business, as ITV, we have operated in uh, the space of offering mass simultaneous live reach and linear and those big audiences, which are still hugely important for us and still something that we deliver uniquely. But delivering the best of both worlds enables us to combine that with addressably targeted advertising driven by data, essentially at the point where people are making decisions to buy. And if we can deliver that through our content across our platforms, that's a very powerful combination. It goes back to the point you said originally about saying, well, actually, ITV lives within a multi-channel world. I think the difference now is we can offer that multi-channel solution to sit alongside what they're doing in search and social.
0: So how do you work with brands? Well, across ITV,
1: remember, one, we're one media owner amongst many. We work with about 2,500 brands per year. The vast majority is managed through media agency and I'm ex-media agency so so I know it well those media agencies are uh, trusted advisors they look not just at ITV or TV they look at all media and they're giving advice to uh, their clients on how to spend their money as they scale up they also offer economies of scale from a buying point of view uh, within that so you you get a kind of blend of of benefits not all advertisers work in that way and equally many uh, who come to us earlier in that journey will work with us directly Many who work through agencies, and probably those examples of partners around Love Island is, is, is a great example of that, will work in more of a, a, a triangle. So it's a tripartite relationship between us, the agency, and the advertiser. And in many instances in the agency space, it'll be the media and creative agency. And what we found is that when we're, when we're having a direct dialogue, and we're sat in a room with, with a, a marketing director, an FD, a CEO, a, we understand the business a lot more, because who better to talk to us about the business and the people running it? B, we can have a much more fluid conversation about the art of the possible and how we can help to grow that business. And C, we can try and identify and work in hand in hand with whichever uh, agency or advisor they have on the best ways that we can help them to create competitive advantage. So whether that be matched funding mechanisms, whether it may be us helping with creative production support, whether it's about doing stuff we've never done before, the end game for us is about playing essentially a long game. Saying, look, we don't just want to work with a brand on this campaign. We want to help them grow and scale up so we get a great case study for television. I think the opportunity for us is around how we work in a more evolved way with areas such as private equity and the uh, corporate finance uh, businesses. Because I think the way that uh, those types of businesses work is to identify the real uh, horses to back the, the, the businesses that are potentially startups moving into scale up where they are investing. And so we are keen to make sure that message about the power of television, how it can grow brands big and small
0: in many different guises gets through to that audience too yeah and i'll c- come back to that yeah. if i may but just one thing you just just to touch on in terms of how you work with the agencies and the brands and all that so to what extent does digital sit behind that now to so the data that you have almost the, the kind of capacity you have to process to analyze i mean how much has that changed the nature of those relationships over the past few um, years well, I've, I've talked about the, the digital transformation journey that we at
1: ITV are on. I, th- I think advertisers and agencies are as well. And I, I think th- there is a, a great quote, which I'm probably going to misquote, which is that not everything that can be measured matters. Yeah. And and I think there is a, there's been a rush towards ways in which you can attribute and the things that are easier to attribute end up being the things that probably take priority. TV has always been quite difficult to measure an attribute. And I think um, we are trying to find ways in which through using data, we can help ourselves as well as advertisers and agencies to, um, to help to understand the contribution that TV can make. Both direct and in, in, indirect to the bottom line. We have a number of case studies already. I think different businesses operate on different metrics. I think what we have seen as an, an overall trend over the last three or four years is, if I look at where our advertising revenues come from, there's been a shift away from some of the historically strongest categories for us, so uh, bricks and mortar retail and uh, global FMCG, towards. Many more online brands, so where where online is the primary sales channel, and uh, what what we've seen from talking to those businesses is actually that the ability to see an immediate uplift in terms of site visits and sales, combined with that ability to or that need to drive a long term brand is something that's leading that drive. Now, within that digital space, I think it's about understanding how all of these different channels work together. I think sometimes it's easy to see things in a binary sense. This works, this doesn't, rather than the more difficult thing, which is measure the contribution that all of these things make together. And I I don't think there is a a gold standard or a silver bullet which helps anyone to, to kind of definitively say this is the way that in every instance you can see how TV works
0: alongside digital. Moving on now to sort of private equity and co- corporate finance and how your relationship with those. I suspect there's a scepticism amongst some of those organisations that are very, I guess, financially focused. Yeah. You know, I guess accountants and bankers, that's what they look at. And to your point that sometimes it's very hard to tell yeah, how far your marketing Pound has gone. That there's a scepticism about spending money on television because they see very large numbers of amounts of money going out the door in their investment uh, without being able to actually get a sense of how much return they're going yeah. to get on that. So the, I guess the question is, you know, if you if you're talking to the private equity or corporate finance community, what are the what are the sort of messages that you want to get across to them? Because clearly you know, television is very, very powerful. Is there a scepticism about it? Almost certainly. And, you know, would a private equity house rather its investment was spending money on pay-per-click or SEO rather than television? Possibly, but that's probably because they don't understand the power of television. I, I agree, and that, that's part of why we, over the last 18 months, have looked to
1: engage the private equity and corporate finance community more, because I, I think there is there is... Probably a lack of um, I guess knowledge or understanding of, of of where TV sits. It can sometimes be seen as I think the three biggest barriers we find when we're talking to to anyone who's not worked with this before is are around perception, the perception it's really expensive, the perception it is inaccessible, it's driven by jargon. you don't know how to to work within that, whether it's production or media, and the the perception that it doesn't work. Um, we have a number of case studies, but not in every instance. Equally, Thinkbox, who are the trade body uh, uh, for the TV industry, have done a lot of research independently. And j- just to kind of uh, sort of spell this out, the work they've done has looked at the short and long-term impact across a number of categories as a as a return on investment. And they've seen uh, seventy eight for every £1 spent across a number of categories, beating all other media channels, and £4.20 long-term, uh, for TV beating all other media channels. And so the contribution TV is making is huge. Um, being able to show that in every single instance for every single brand is much more complicated. There are a number of factors at play. So I think what we have tried to do is is twofold. One is to demonstrate where ITV is going and to show what research exists and how we look to support brands. And secondly, is try and find innovative models for working together with private equity and corporate finance that in some ways mirror the way that they are working with businesses. So whether it be exploring matched funding initiatives, different areas of flexibility, ways in which we can uh, do creative production at cost for new brands. But equally, we're looking at more outcomes-based solutions. And I think uh, for us, if we say... TV works. Then it's about us having skin in the game, and and uh, essentially taking an element of risk. It's not. Shared risk because I think one of the challenges we have in TV, I talked about remnant inventory in other media, we don't have remnant inventory, we could sell our breaks two times over. We're also heavily regulated and the UK TV industry is one of the most regulated around the world, which means that the number of minutes of advertising that we have and the way in which that manifests itself is very strictly regulated. So we have to strike a balance there. But what we are increasingly doing, and we are starting to do this now with some private equity houses, is to identify clients where we can, under NDA, understand the business more, understand if that's something which we are happy to take that risk on, and then propose a new way of working. And we're in early stages on that. When we've got uh, full case studies that we can bring to market and reach the end of those campaigns, the ambition is that we can bring those publicly and share those. And that helps us to overcome that challenge of proof of concept. So we're up for any ideas that um, people have within the industry of how to work differently. Uh, Nothing is off the table. I think the way that we're working in the space with the Mobi is such that uh, I think this is really interesting territory for ambitious and innovative brands to essentially find a different way of working, helping to scale up the business and for it to coexist, um, you know, alongside what they're doing already.
0: So the, the message here really is corporate finance, private equity houses, come and talk to us about a crazy idea and we'll see if we can make it work.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'd be careful about the word crazy. Yeah. I, I think come and talk to us about your ideas. Yeah, All right, come and talk to us about what the barriers... But also the opportunities, because I think what's really interesting is we are probably driven by the same motivation, which is how can we scale a business up as quickly as possible? How can we demonstrate where the best place to do that is? And what you have to think is ultimately many of the channels where you can drive cost efficiencies around, say, uh, search, for instance, are not going to exponentially grow that business. And you end up being in a kind of optimization bubble as a result of that. If you're trying to drive effectiveness alongside that efficiency, then there are very few ways you can do that. And, and you know, if we think about, about it more fundamentally, and this probably is, is not the kind of everyday vernacular of private equity, but, but brands are trying to tell their story. They're trying to get customers aware of them, consider them and buy them. And to do that, you need to tell your story. And the way to tell your story and be remembered is to be around other stories. And the best place that those stories exist where they emotionally engage people is in long-form content environments such as television. And I think when you get that emotional engagement, given that most decisions we make are emotional, not rational, you already have people in that mindset where they are much more predisposed to consider that brand. And that is where the power of television comes in
0: to drive that growth. How does ITV work within the wider TV industry? Is it collaboration? Is it competition? Is it a bit of both? And where do you you see yourself in that? Because you're clearly a very important player within the UK TV market and and globally too.
1: Yeah, I think, um, well, I talked about the regulation in the TV industry and I talked about Thinkbox. um, And uh, Thinkbox has been around for about a decade now. So it's funded by the main broadcasters, um, ITV, Channel 4, Sky and UK TV. Um, and if we think about ITV, Channel 4, and Skype um, being the majority of viewing and, and revenue within the broadcast industry. Um, what we have seen, over certainly over recent years, uh, that working more closely together and collaboratively is for the good of television. The challenges we face from the likes of Facebook, Netflix, Amazon, and Google, uh, and Apple, is such that we need to... Think about when TV comes together for the greater good of television and when we compete. There are things that we collaborate on. We've collaborated on research, we collaborate on events for the TV industry, we collaborate on initiatives, whether it be for advertisers or agencies, but we also compete. And I think that's really important for viewers as well as for advertisers. Uh, So we are looking at how we can grow total television across all platforms. And I think that's a kind of healthy way for any sector to be. So that's, that's relatively new territory, I think, um, in terms of what the future holds. I think we've seen already with some of the research we've done, uh, greater openness to sharing data, sharing uh, ways in which we can look at tech platforms differently. I think um, I would say watch this space. I think there are huge opportunities there. And I think there will continue to be that balance of collaboration and competition across the broadcasters.
0: I like this. And final question, to what extent you know, do you see yourself as different? How, how would you differentiate yourself or see yourself differentiating against the likes of Amazon, Google, Apple? Well I, th- well, I can say where we are at the moment. Who
1: knows what the future holds, certainly for someone like uh, Amazon. Um, but I think in terms of going back to our strategy, our strategy is to be more than TV, to entertain millions, grow brands and shape culture. And I don't think there are any of those competitors who you could say do all of those things. They might try to play in some of those areas. So there might be certain shows on Netflix that you say are shaping culture and entertaining millions in a much narrower way. Obviously, there is a lack of transparency about viewing there. I think there are ways in which you might say that Amazon helps to grow brands, but it doesn't entertain millions uh, uh, or, or arguably it shapes culture but in in different ways mm. i think we are essentially uh, a british business which is unique in in offering premium long-form content that can be enjoyed by viewers and be used by advertisers to grow their business and i think you know we still as itv make uh 98 percent of the commercial tv shows that drive audiences of over five million that is a great position to be in as a foundation to build alongside what we're doing with the hub and i think it helps the future proof us and i think we will continue to evolve and adapt based on how digital evolves and adapts and where the challenges and opportunities are
0: brilliant well jason spencer thank you very much indeed for sharing both yours and itv's digital journey thank you Thanks for listening. I'm Nick Horrocks from X.0 Advisory. Make sure you subscribe for the latest episode of My Digital Journey.